The LA Clippers would finally face the Minnesota Timberwolves on Sunday night. The first time this season against the West's best team record-wise. And it ended up being a tough loss for the Clippers. A game that shared some similarities to the Laker loss recently. Going to be talking about the details of this game. A very intriguing matchup. What went wrong for the Clippers. What made Minnesota so tough. And what they can do to be better next time and going forward. Going to be talking about it all on today's Locked On Clippers. You are Locked On Clippers. Your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. I'm your host, Darren Viziri, born and raised in L.A. and in my 19th season as a Clipper fan. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod and subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more L.A. Clipper, L.A. Sports and NBA content. And Locked On Clippers is free and available wherever you get your podcasts including YouTube, where I want you to let me know what you thought of the game, what made it so tough for us. Do you fear Minnesota in a playoff series after watching this game? Let me know what you think. And this episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Get the Jace case. It has five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses. All you got to do is go to jacemedical.com and use offer code Locked On to get $20 off your first order. All right, Clipper Nation, let's talk about this one. Finally, we play the Minnesota Timberwolves. It took 39 games to finally play them. They have the number one record in the West right now, so we're chasing them. And they've been one of the biggest surprises of this season. I had them around the play-in range, improving by a bit. I heard people having them in that range a little bit higher, but nobody seemed to have them in their top four at least they're top two, really, and they have shocked everyone. Of course, Anthony Edwards is a very great young player in this league, but they are filled with great defensive personnel, and I think that's what stood out to me in this game. Rudy Gobert in Utah. See, obviously, we have our run-ins with Rudy Gobert, and there was plenty of Rudy Gobert to mention in this game. He just seemed to have his fingerprints on everything for good and bad, but let me say this. In Utah, the whole thing about the Clippers played him off the floor and exposed him, that's really over-exaggerated. If anything, Gobert's a liability offensively. But the reason why the Terrence Mann game happened was because Gobert, maybe he over-helped off of Terrence once or twice, but he could not trust his other perimeter defenders on that Utah Jazz team. Their best one was Royce O'Neal. Guys like Bogdanovich, Conley in that moment, did not look as good defensively as these last two years for whatever reason. I don't know what happened to him, but he returned to being a very good defender. Of course, he was coming off an injury that season in that playoff series and only played in that game six. But Donovan's not a good defender like that. 
and then guys like Joe Ingles, Jordan Clarkson, like these guys aren't good defenders. Their best defender was Royce O'Neal. He had to protect everything. Now he's surrounded by guys like Jaden McDaniels, Anthony Edwards, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Then he's got a seven-footer next to him. That's the only not, you know, known as a positive defender in that starting lineup. So my main takeaway was that the Wolves, they have a lot of size and they have a lot of good bodies to throw at our best players. Kawhi Leonard being guarded by Jaden McDaniels. That was very obvious coming into the game. Jaden McDaniels is one of, if not the best, point of attack one-on-one defender we have in the league right now. He is up there with anyone, and you saw why in this game. Despite Kawhi's efficient stat line of 9 for 19 from the field, I would like to see what he shot with McDaniels guarding him because he was forcing misses and forcing Kawhi to resort to, and mainly in the first half, a lot of foul-baiting nonsense where... It was un- I mean, Kawhi definitely complains and does that hey! when he gets fouled, but it was excessive. He was looking for fouls and flailing, and at times he did not get a call when he should have. But there were also times where I felt, even after watching a replay, he was flailing. He was flopping. Like, you got to play basketball, bro. I mean, I-, I expect a little bit better from Kawhi. That was mainly in the first half. But you had Nikhil, uh, not Nikhil, McDaniels guarding Kawhi. You also had him guarding Harden for a stretch. And in the beginning of the game, actually, they had McDaniels guarding Harden and Cat being guarded, or Cat guarding Kawhi. Edwards on Paul George, and then Conley on Terrence and Rudy Gobert on Daniel Tice. Which brings me to mention that Zubats was ruled out of this game with a calf strain. He was a late scratch. They said he had calf tightness, and right before the game, he was ruled out. And we really felt that loss in this one, both on the pick and roll, it was his screening and his finishing, but also his rim protection. And you know what? I think Daniel Tyson, Mason Plumley actually played really well. Their stats might not suggest that, but I think they actually played really well. I think they are just small. Like, and well, Plumley's not small, but he's not a good rim protector. Neither of them are real rim protectors. So they're just backup centers, and they're very good at that. But they did get taken advantage of just a bit in this game down low. But I also think in general, we went with smaller lineups in this game, particularly a lineup I'm going to mention late in the game, which was Westbrook, Powell, Kawhi, the, basically the big four and Powell. So really, really small. Kawhi at the five. But in general, we went smaller in this game. And I think it really came down to the lack of shot making from our team, from the Clippers. I mean, the Minnesota Timberwolves in this game, they turned the ball over 19 times. 19. The Clippers turned the ball over 11 times. But we shot 43%. They shot 57%. The Wolves shot 16 less shots than the Clippers. But they shot 13 more free throws. And both the Clippers actually shot well from the foul line. 16 for 18. Wolves shot 20 for 31, and we'll get into Rudy Gobert and his free throw shooting as the episode goes on, but Clippers shot 43%, they shot 44 from three, so we actually shot better from three than the field. The Wolves shot 57% from the field and 50 from three, so even though they didn't shoot well from the line, they shot well from the field and three, and I think that their shooting was not a result of us playing bad defense. I think we had some bad lapses in concentration dumb moments, low IQ moments, but I think their shot making was simply better than our shot making in this game. And that's a game by game basis thing. 
So even though I sensed the size, you know, Kyle Anderson coming off the bench with Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and they were getting interceptions. You know, Jaden McDaniels got two interceptions in the first quarter where guys just didn't realize these guys are really, really long. They got long wingspans. They're athletic. They'll pick off your passes. And what I thought was interesting was we're putting Gobert in the pick and roll. And, of, of course, you know you're going to get Gobert drop coverage. But what they were also doing was because the point of attack defense was so good, because the roller, Tice, Plumley, mainly when Tice was in, he's not really a vertical threat. He's not tall. And what I mean by vertical threat is he's not really a guy that's going to go up for lobs unless he's wide, wide open. I said that about Zoo in the past, but Zoo is still a seven-footer. Tice is not. So Tice usually likes to stop short around the restricted area for that little push shot. But Gobert, when he's defending with McDaniels or somebody that's that good in the point of attack getting over the screen, he can easily play two at once because he doesn't have to cover that much ground or worry about getting up in the air after coming out to contest Kawhi, he doesn't have to worry about getting super high up in the air for the lob. And what you were seeing was the late switch, which is, oh, Kawhi doesn't have a shot right now, so he's going to pull it back out. Gobert is now guarding him. And they had no problem switching guys like Edwards or McDaniels onto Tice because Tice is not going to take advantage of anybody on a switch. So that's where we miss Zubats. But what I was really disappointed about, especially in the first half, Kawhi, James Harden, and Paul George, they just settled for jump shots when Cat and Gobert were switched onto them. And I, I, I get that Gobert is one of the best defenders of this era, and he's one of the best rim protectors of all time. But And he is better on his feet than people think. But you can't be settling for threes over a seven-footer with that wingspan as opposed to trying to make him defend you downhill. It's just not smart. Carl Anthony Towns, similar thing. We had him guarding Kawhi to start the game. And we weren't going to him. And I put that on Ty Lue because I saw him calling plays. We're not going to him enough when he was the favorable matchup. So overall, James Harden and Paul George, they really couldn't get going. Paul George shot a ton of threes. Like too many for my liking. And I'll, I'll elaborate on that in the next segment. But he was 5 for 19 in the game and 4 for 13 from 3. Played 42 minutes. He had 16 points. The only positive I'll say about Paul, one turnover. And his defense was good. He did get bullied one time by Anthony Edwards. But overall, I thought his defense was good. I thought our defense was pretty good. I thought our help defense was good. I thought our on-ball defense was good. I thought our rotations were really sharp when we were scrambling. We just didn't have our rim protector. And I thought we had bad moments in the game. Very bad lapses in concentration. And the inability to consistently make shots and get high-quality looks. I think we got some high-quality looks, but not nearly compared to recently, and I thought it was because our offensive process was too slow and because the Minnesota Timberwolves have very heavy, switch-heavy personnel that is not just regular switch-heavy personnel, great defenders that are switching on to you. And then Gobert, he blocked Kawhi multiple times. He was doing a good job of getting up and taking away that immediate shot off a screen. And we didn't have anybody to really, you know, threaten them on the backside with Zubats being out. So Zubats being out is very relevant. But I think the Clippers, they were stretching this game, particularly in that third quarter. And then midway well, through that, actually really the beginning of the fourth quarter that put him in a hole. We made a run at the end. We actually cut it down from 17 all the way to 3, 104 to 107, I believe. But, or was it, it may have been 103 to 107. I don't know. I think we cut it down to four, but we were down by 17. 
And we fought at the end. We fought with a small lineup. And coming up, I am going to be talking about that small lineup, further analyze the performances of the big four, what we got from Norman Powell off the bench, what we got from Russell Westbrook off the bench. Um, but yeah, it was 103 to 107. And the Wolves just did a good job making their free throws late in games, late in the game. I think the Wolves really impressed me in this game. Am I worried about them come playoff time? Not really. I think the Clippers need to, just need to make shots. But if you're wondering, you said the same thing against the Lakers? Well, you are right. And I'm going to be talking about why I'm not worried coming up. I got to tell you a little something about the Jace case. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, but can we talk just for a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. This is scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if my grandma or grandpa or one of my kids... One of my friends got sick while a supply chain issue kept them from the life-saving medication they needed. Thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, and more. This stuff could happen to any of us. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your first order. All right, Clippers losing this one. It breaks their three-game Winning streak, 109-105 to at the Target Center in Minneapolis. The Wolves are the number one team in the Western Conference right now. They are 28-11, and just three games, exactly three games, above the Clippers, which is definitely not insurmountable. It would have been really nice to get this win on Sunday, but it is what it is. We got plenty of season left. We're two games away from the halfway point, so we got a whole another half left to go, and I have a feeling the Clippers will continue to move up the standings, especially if they are healthy. But credit to Minnesota. Their length, their size, their defensive personnel, it is good to guard us. I will not lie. It's not a coincidence that the Clippers missed shots. They did a good job of contesting. We're trying to hunt matchups, and I'll tell you what was really smart about them. They were not conceding Mike Conley to switch on a Kawhi or Paul. They were hedging and recovering, and he was doing a good job of that. And one thing I've noticed about the Wolves, game, Wolves when they play the Lakers and the Clippers they do a really good job of putting immense ball pressure on your ball handlers and getting physical, and it pushes their pushes them out beyond the three-point line and takes time off the clock. Like, they do a really good job of pushing you out as far as possible and then making you work defen- uh, offensively. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, really good defensively off the bench. Kyle Anderson, I mean, he was him and Norman Powell, of course, part of those really solid UCLA teams in 2014, or that very solid UCLA team in 2014 because Kyle went to the league after. But he made some huge shots in the fourth, including that and one and the three in the left corner. That was very, very frustrating. He's a very good player, though, Kyle Anderson. He's smart. He defends. He makes the right plays. As far as us defensively, Kawhi was guarding Conley to start the game, which I found interesting. Paul George on Carl Anthony Towns. I would have figured it would have been Kawhi on Carl Anthony Towns. 
Terrence Mann on Ant, and I thought he was exceptional defensively on Ant. I was shocked how well he was playing, moving his feet, staying in front, and not falling for his fakes. He actually created two turnovers in the first five minutes of the game on the guarding the Ant-Man. One was just great one-on-one D that forced a shot clock violation. Then the other was a denial that forced a pass from Carl Anthony Towns to a cutting Anthony Edwards that went out of bounds. So very impressive from Terrence. Harden was guarding Jaden McDaniels, as you would expect. I thought Harden had three steals, one one deflection off a knee, then two interceptions. But other than that, his defense was pretty poor. His rotations were non-existent on the on the low block, and he was getting blown by fairly easily. I thought we needed much more from him on both ends of the floor. His shot making, he just he 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 took the shot that he normally shoots. But I will say this: when he has Gobert on him too. I mean, that step back, like, if it's not going, you're settling. Like, and that's one of the things I've always had an issue with Harden in the playoffs. He That step back is bread and butter until it's not, until he starts missing it. And, like, you don't want to – the thing is, sometimes that's the that's the shot he takes. He creates separation. He lulls his defender to sleep, and that's the shot he gets. But when he's got a big guy on him, I think that's a settle, even for now. We've seen James Harden show that he can still get by guys that don't have the best lateral quickness. And so I thought not just James Harden, though – other guys were settling when big guys were being switched out onto them, especially Gobert on that late switch. You got to think, if you get by Gobert, who's at the rim protecting it? Cat? I mean, I'll take my chances. As far as what we were doing defensively, Tice was blitzing the Ant-Man, dropping on Mike Conley. Mason Plumley, though, for the most part, was coming out on the le- to the level of the screen with everyone because Plumley's not a rim protector, and you saw that in this game. But I have to say, Mason Plumley. And Terrence uh, and Daniel Tice. This is why I think I played well. Tice, look, he made a three to start the game. He had several really good box outs on Gobert. I think the first half was more of Daniel Tice's half. He had three points and three boards. Um, actually, I'm sorry, no. He had three points, four boards, a steal on one for two shooting, and then in the second half, he had a donut. He only played six minutes in the second half, actually, so he was pretty quiet. Uh, overall in the second half but in the game he had three points four rebounds and a steal on one for three shooting one for two from three in 21 minutes and 37 seconds of play I think he was actually pretty decent Mason Plumley came in and he was linking up with Russ really well you got to see Mason back in regular minutes for the first time in a while and he was finishing passes around the basket he had that really nice take at Gobert Russ fed him for two lobs, and I have to say, Russell Westbrook and Norman Powell in this game, they gave us an instant spark, and that spark lasted all the way to the end of the game. Russ was able to get into the paint over and over again. I'm going to repeat, though, the one frustrating thing, he misses layups constantly, and it's it's like he's going way too fast. The one play where the, the Wolves challenged it and Anthony Edwards didn't really push him, I, I, I'm totally behind the fact that that's not a foul. That's minimal contact. I agree it's not a foul. But then when Kawhi Leonard does the love tap, same exact level of contact basically on Ant-Man like 30 seconds later and then he gets called for a foul because Ant-Man walks out of bounds, that's ridiculous. But anyway, Russell Westbrook, one thing I noticed when he shot that layup is he's shooting with his right hand. I'm not saying that he should he should uh, he missed because of that. But, like, I've, I've called it out several times, and it's not just been now. I think throughout his career, Russ has never been the best with his left hand. But he should have finished that. There was two or three layups he missed. But overall, 
His defense was exceptional, especially in the passing lanes. I liked how physical he was getting with Carl Anthony Towns. He drew an offensive foul in the fourth. Should have been two when he got his out, like the basically like hooked essentially at the neck area. Didn't get any call, but I thought he was super active defensively. He was getting rebounds. He knocked down two threes in the fourth quarter. He got to the paint a lot. His screening was good. And, you know, when Conley was, or Towns or Gobert were. Like with Towns, they hedge and recover. They don't drop with Towns. So when they're when they when Kawhi's the ball handler for us, and he's calling for a screen with Towns, Towns hedges, and at times they were putting Towns and Gobert on Russ, which we've seen a lot because they don't think he can. They're not afraid of his shooting. They want to invite him to the basket because they know that's where he wants to go anyway. And they're big guys, so when they step feet back behind, they step back, feet back. They, inviting him to drive, they're not necessarily blown by, and they might be able to contest a shot or block it. But I like that Russ was making that three in the fourth quarter, and just the constant finding open guys, whether it be Mason Plumley on those lobs or shooters, he was really good in this game. And speaking of shooters, Norman Powell absolutely lights out, was huge in that fourth quarter as well for us, got us back in the game. He continues to be exceptionally consistent. He had 24 points on 9 for 12 shooting and 6 for 9 from 3. Another rare game where Norm did not shoot one free throw, but I will absolutely take 75% from the field and 66 from 3. That is amazing in 30 minutes for Norm. Russell Westbrook, on the other hand, 12 points. almost had a triple-double. 12 points, 8 rebounds, 13 assists. Two steals, three turnovers. One of them, he was going too fast in the first half and just dribbled the ball off his knee against Kyle Anderson. Another one, really, you know what? A stretch in this game where the Clippers really screwed up was this beginning of the third quarter, right? The Wolves went on a 6-0 run to begin the quarter, but the bad decisions that we were making, like this is just totally like this is totally avoidable stuff. That's why I say I'm not worried because I think two things lost us this game. Three things, actually. One, Kawhi needs to be the best player on the court. In my opinion, it was Ant-Man this game. Kawhi was efficient. Why is he shooting the same amount of shots as Paul George was 5 for 19? Kawhi needs to be... There has to be a hierarchy against these good teams. Kawhi needs... Especially when he's efficient. He started out, you know, trying to get fouls. He was missing shots. He missed a dunk, for God's sake, in the first quarter. But he slowly grew back into the game and started making some shots. And... He was two for three from deep, nine for nineteen from the lot, uh, from the field, and he's shooting the same amount of shots as Paul George. I don't care about oh, it's just in the flow of the offense. He's taking what the defense gives. No, we were not running enough through Kawhi throughout the game, in my opinion. In my opinion, especially in the beginning, we had Towns guarding him. Kawhi Leonard needs to be shooting the most. Ant Man was the best player on the court. If we play them in a series, I want Kawhi to stand out as the best player on the floor. That's not the main reason we lost those. Second. James Harden and Paul George combined for 9 for 33 from the field and 6 for 22 from 3. Too many threes for the both of them in my eyes. I don't care how efficient they've been. When you're not hitting, you have to do something else. But I get it. You know why? Because the front office, not not the front office, the, the, the team, the analytics department in the team, they, the coaching staff, they encourage them to shoot threes because they shoot such a good percentage. Unfortunately, you can shoot yourself out of a game very easily doing that. 
But I'm not worried because I think these are very easily fixable problems. Coming up, going to be talking about what needs improvement. I'm going to go more in depth about that third quarter stretch of bad decisions and rounding it out with how we can improve specifically. I got to tell you a little something about FanDuel, America's number one sports book. The NFL playoffs are underway, and there's time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. As you can see, if you're watching on YouTube, I'm wearing my Rams hoodie. My Rams got eliminated, but you know what? There are plenty of big-time football games ready to happen for the remainder of the playoffs, and you can bet on them at FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is really easy to use, and there are a lot of different ways that you can bet, like live same-game parlays, you can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the National Football League. All right, the Clippers losing this one 109-105 to against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now, the Minnesota Timberwolves, as I mentioned, they shot really well. You had guys like Carl Anthony Towns shooting well, hit a contested three in the first quarter, and I thought he did a good job of attacking closeouts and taking advantage of the lack of size at times around the rim for the Clippers, and he ended up being a little bit of a problem, Carl Anthony Towns, and I think that the Minnesota Timberwolves' ceiling can be dependent on his aggression. If he wants to just shoot threes, he's going to have games he makes. He's also going to have games where he misses, and he's not going to contribute in other ways. But if he dominates on the inside, draws double teams, which at times I thought we unnecessarily threw at him when guys like Paul George are guarding him one-on-one or even Westbrook, and he's beyond the free throw line, we don't need to double him there. We don't. And I thought throughout the game, one problem for the Clippers that they don't need to do, especially when they have such good one-on-one defenders, we're over-helping massively at times. Kawhi Leonard is a good one-on-one defender. Terrence Mann is a good one-on-one defender. Paul George the same. At times, we're over-helping. I remember there was one time Tice was just sinking in for no reason when Terrence Mann had Anthony Edwards just going nowhere. So we need to be more strategic and just alert about over-helping. So that's one thing that needs improvement. But this third quarter stretch that we had, let me... Also, like Paul George, like in the first quarter, he's getting the step, and then he's pulling back unnecessarily. He's passing up wide-open shots. James Harden's passing up wide-open threes. He's taking too long to get into our offense at times. Like, those two were just not good, and it's unfortunate because against the Lakers, it was Harden and Kawhi aren't good. Now this, and Paul George was solid but could have been better. Now it's the exact opposite. It's Harden and Paul George not being good, and Kawhi was solid, could have been a little bit better. Difference was Westbrook and Powell played really well in this game. And I just think the Wolves are better than the Lakers right now. Um, They just are. They're just better than the Lakers. But, and we didn't have Zoo. Zoo was a monster against the Lakers. He makes a massive difference here. But the Wolves, they went on a 19-3 run in the first quarter, and they led 29-19 after one. We were basically playing catch-up from that point forward. Uh, We did take the lead, though, in the second, which was our best quarter. We outscored the Wolves 26-17 to in that one. It actually started out with Harden and Paul George being terrible, just not making shots. But with Plumlee and Tice, 
and then a little bit of Russ got us a little bit of momentum, and then Harden started getting going a little bit. Started with an and one, and that led to a 12-0 run. He had that extra pass in the corner to PG for an open three, which was his only made shot of the first half. And then a hockey assist when he pushed the ball, kicked it to Paul in the corner, and then an extra swing to Kawhi for a three. So we were having some success in that second quarter. One thing that was really funny in that second quarter was Rudy Gobert airballing free throws. And he was so bad at his free throws that we ended up doing hack of Rudy in the fourth quarter. And one thing I will say, we did struggle to get stops in the second half. We allowed 63 points, which is way too much. And we need to be better defensively. Overhelping, as I said. But also, you know, I don't actually have anyone to call out one-on-one. I think James Harden, I mean... He could have been better. He was the one, in my opinion, that I was like nervous. When he was guarding the ball, I was legitimately a little bit nervous. Uh, we also didn't have rim protection. But Russell Westbrook, really good. Kawhi's defense, yeah, Jaden McDaniels blew by him one time. And there was another time where he closed out way too hard on Kyle Anderson for no reason. But other than that, I thought Kawhi's defense was good. Um, had a couple of steals, two to be exact. Kawhi had 26 points, nine rebounds, four assists, and two steals. One turnover on 9-for-19 shooting, 2-for-3 from deep. Two of those misses, he got blocked by Gobert. I got to give Gobert some credit. His presence was definitely felt, and his shot blocking was superb. Him and Terrence Mann getting into it a little bit. Of course, Terrence Mann and Rudy Gobert definitely have their history with Terrence Mann, as Brian Seaman alluded to in commentary, usually getting the better of him. But I thought our in the first half, though, Clipper defense was really, really good outside of some overhelping. Second half, not as good. And I thought the Wolves got a better whistle for sure, but we just struggled with the Ant-Man. I think he just started making shots, those bank shots he was hitting. And he just was the best player on the court for me in this one. 33 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists. That 33 points was the highest of any player in the game for either team. 10 for 16 from the field, 2 for 4 from 3. And the stat that really stands out for me 12 free throw attempts, 11 for 12. That's not me blaming the refs. That's me saying he got to the rim more than our players did. And he had the green light to do so. We have Gobert sitting down there on our side. They have Tyson Plumlee sitting down there. So it's not a big deal. One thing that I felt was very interesting in the fourth quarter, Ty Lu went to an ultra small lineup with no five against two bigs, Gobert and Towns, to try to spread them out, use our skill to dribble drive and make open threes, even though we hadn't really been hitting threes at that point. And at first, it didn't work at all. We brought it in with 7 minutes and 53 seconds left, down 77-89, and we went down 97-80. to Uh, It was bad. It was bad. But let me just also describe the stretch where the Clippers kind of lost control of the game, and that was in the third quarter. And by the way... Uh, Russ came in with like two minutes to go in the second quarter. And I think the rotations have been very interesting because in the beginning, when you first uh, started seeing Harden in the starting lineup, I thought it was going to be Russ and Paul George sharing minutes a lot in the second quarter and then Harden and Kawhi doing so. But now it's changed to where Russ will be the first person off the bench midway through the first quarter. And then he'll play the whole quarter with Kawhi because Kawhi tends to play the whole first and third. Harden and Paul George have been playing the whole second and fourth. In this game, Paul George and Harden played the whole fourth, and Kawhi played the entire third. So you're now having Russ and Kawhi line up together more, as opposed to Russ and Paul George, which I think is a little weird, and I don't know if it's beneficial for the team. 
I would much rather have, I've been saying, I would rather have Kawhi play the whole fourth quarter. Then I get it though. I think their thought process is give his legs some rest before coming back in. But I would like our best player to play the whole fourth quarter. If I had to choose, would I rather him play the whole third or the whole fourth? I would choose the whole fourth. Let him get in a rhythm in the beginning of the quarter. So then Paul George doesn't get hot. And then we're like, oh, Paul George is feeling it. We go away from Kawhi. Don't really necessarily like that. Um, and I don't know why Paul George and Harden are playing so much together when it was always Westbrook and Paul George that was the great pairing. And then Harden and Kawhi have great chemistry as well. But Russ, he came in in the last two minutes of the second quarter and immediately created six points with two paint touches. One, he kicked it out to Kawhi for a corner three. The other, he got an and one. He had seven assists in the first half. But here's the stretch in the third quarter that really screwed things up for us. Harden had a turnover. We just completely overpassed it or over uh, put too much force on the pass. It was a lead entry pass into Kawhi. Then Daniel Tice fronted Gobert in the post in the middle of the floor. I don't know why you're fronting Rudy Gobert. He's not, I mean, if he catches it really, really deep, I get it. But he's got no post game. Let him catch the ball in the middle of the key. I'm not concerned about that. PG had a foul on Anthony Edwards on a three with two on the shot clock. That was terrible. And then Kawhi, instead of passing to an open Westbrook, he threw it, like rifled it at Daniel Tice's legs when he was standing not too far away from him. And then Russ missed the layup. And then Russ's turnover when Kawhi back cut and he telegraphed it the entire way when Norman Powell was actually the right pass in the corner was bad. And they took advantage of that one and knocked down a three to put us down 13. And that's when I got a little bit nervous. As far as Kat and Nas Reed, they were hedging on the screens with Kawhi. So the clear plan is besides Gobert, if it's not Gobert, we're not letting Kawhi get downhill and walk into jump shots. They're allow it with Gobert because they're, they know that Gobert's contest will be enough to deter potentially. But as far as the small ball lineup, that's the last thing I want to talk about. 7.53, we go in with this lineup down 77.89, switch everything in hopes of, you know, making them play more one-on-one, and then obviously our shooting and skill would take advantage of things. Well, it was 97.80, and then we went on a 20-6 to run. Norman Powell got really hot. Russ did a good job of defending, rebounding, finding open guys. I thought Harden made some really good passes in the stretch as well. But I will say one huge mistake. Cat had the ball against Westbrook. Norman Powell completely left his man to load up, and they left Jaden McDaniels wide open for three. I think it was McDaniels. Killed the game off, basically. At least I thought. Uh, And we still had another push. Norman Powell cut to the basket on a Russ pass. And I thought Russ did made some really good reads on that, on the screens and the short roll. Harden hit a step back that cut it to 97-103. And then Powell hit a three, um, which was because he was hedging, because Conley was hedging and recovering on Harden. He didn't, they didn't even let Conley switch on to Harden. And then they ended the game by Gobert making four straight free throws. So one of the things that got us back in the game, we were doing the hack of Rudy. We were fouling him intentionally because his free throws were so bad. That clip went viral of him nearly airballing two free throws in a row in the second quarter. One was The first one was well short. Second one was an airball, and the bench went nuts. But the last laugh was had by the Wolves. You know, we cut it down. Gobert, got to give him credit, made four big free throws, and the Ant-Man made free throws. So we lost it. Valiant effort. What needs improvement? I think just lack of focus at times. And when teams switch everything like that, We need to get downhill. That's what we need to remember. Lakers and the Wolves. 
if they have switchable size, that's the way to beat the Clippers, is switchable size that can stay in front one-on-one. That's always been the way. Even before Harden, now with Harden more so. The one-on-one has to be downhill. Paul George, I get it. Everybody wants him to shoot more threes because he's so efficient at it. Have you noticed after five damn years of having him on the team that when he just shoots threes with no end in sight, he shoots himself out of games a lot? It's when he's taking the right threes and he's hot and he you know, shoots them in rhythm. Not just shoot. And I know a lot of them were open. I know they were. But some of the shots, it's like, how many times did Paul even try to get to the rim? And when's he at his best? When he's shooting 10 threes or when he's getting to the rim? We know the answer. It's not shooting a bunch of threes. But anyway, Paul George, 16 points on 5 for 19 shooting and 4 for 13 from 3. He was not good enough. James Harden, 14 points, 8 assists. That's the one thing I will say he did well. 2 steals, 2 blocks. 4 turnovers, though. 4 for 14 from the field and 2 for 9 from 3. In the last two losses, a common theme has been James Harden not making his open shots but again i think james harden will hit probably the next game the thing about harden is we just gotta hope that these games where paul and harden don't shoot well or don't play well they didn't really play well they don't happen on the same night and if they do Kawhi needs to be that much better to make up for it obviously we didn't have zoo so that that's another thing i don't i wouldn't panic at all the fact that we played poorly and i think they played well and we only lost by four that's major to me major so Clippers got out. We also outscored them 37-28 in the fourth after getting outscored 35-23 in the third. Last person I wanted to talk about, actually, Mason Plumley, Eight points, three rebounds on four for five shooting in 16 minutes. I thought he was pretty good. Coffee was really quiet, just nine minutes, a donut. I already mentioned Westbrook almost had a triple-double with 12 points, eight rebounds, 13 assists on three for eight shooting. Made both his threes and was four for five from the line. So overall, a good game for Russ. He should have been four for eight minimum with those layups. And then we have Terrence Mann. You know, questionable that he didn't play more with the way he was defending. He, he only shot one three. He missed. He had two offensive rebounds, three overall. He had two points, and he played stellar defense in his 19 minutes. But that's, it was just that, 19 minutes. So it is what it is, guys. Not a big deal. But OKC will be a challenge on Tuesday. I actually won't be at the game. But let's see how it goes. Tough games back-to-back for sure against the first and second seed, but this is what we have to see, how good we can be against the best. So I wouldn't panic at all. It just shows you how big Zubats is for the team. Let me know what you thought of the episode. Let me know what you thought of the game. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod. Subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more L.A. Clipper and L.A. sports content. And Locked on Clippers is free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Let me know what you thought of the game. The age-old proverb continues. Go Clippers.